Previously on Survived by One, Tom Odell's trial began. Survived by One, The Life and Mind of a Family Mass Murderer by Robert E. Hanlon with Thomas V. Odell. Episode 15. The Sentencing Hearing. Thirteen witnesses were examined by the prosecution and the defense to assist the court in making a decision regarding the nature of Tom's sentence. It was made clear to all involved that the death penalty was most definitely on the table. Yvonne Sexton, Carolyn Odell's best friend, was the first to take the stand. She testified that Tom stole a collection of bicentennial quarters from a filing cabinet that belonged to his dad. She said he also stole 15 silver dollars that belonged to his mother, and lunch money from his sister Robin. Sexton also related a story in which Tom stole a knife from the neighbor's house and that he had prompted Sean and Scott to steal money from purses out of parked cars at the Logan Street Church. The next line of questioning for Sexton was to establish that Tom had been violent with members of his family. She recalled, Tommy was chasing Sean through the house and he had pulled knife on him he twist the arms of the other kids or hit them. And I was told that Tom was not allowed to go to his grandmother's because he had struck her. And I had also seen bruises where Tom had thrown his mom up against the wall in an argument. They were just arguing and he just grabbed a hold of her and threw her. During cross-examination, defense attorney Henson tried to get Sexton to open up about Carolyn's parenting skills. Sexton acknowledged that Carolyn had significant difficulty dealing with her children, in general, and frequently placed responsibility for the care and safety of the three younger children in Tom's hands, requiring that he babysit the other children on an almost daily basis while she pursued her social obligations and recreational activities. During the prosecution's redirect, Sexton testified that she was aware that Sean had also been involved in antisocial activities as well, but she was unaware of such activities with regard to Robin or Scott. A former neighbor, Alan Hale, who testified next, said that Tom terrorized the entire neighborhood through acts of vandalism. It seemed to develop and escalate. The longer we lived there, the worse it got. We moved because I refused to be intimidated. I didn't observe truthfulness. I felt as though he had mastered the ability to lie to anyone about anything. Hale talked about gardens being trampled, peeping Tom incidents, and rocks thrown at people and passing cars, including his. He also testified that he witnessed Tom committing acts of violence on his brothers and instigating them to commit acts of vandalism and mischief. When he confronted the boy, Tom adamantly denied the accusations, but Hale didn't believe him. He also testified that Carolyn would deny such accusations against her son and refused to consider the possibility that her son was harassing Hale and his family. Hale said he contacted Robert Odell about the behavior. Seemed to stall the situation temporarily. Then it started up again. There was a couple occasions where we had broken glass or bottles thrown on our porch. The back windshield of my wife's car was shot out by a pellet rifle. The driver's side door of my pickup truck was shot out. If something wasn't done soon, I was going to press charges. Hale 
Hale connected all the incidents to Tom Odell. Mr. Hale called the police on Tom on more than one occasion, but no one was ever arrested. Maurice Yergin was at one time the Odell's next door neighbor. To be he testified that Tom's character began to change when he was about 14 years one. old. So we hired him. Quote, I lived next door to him from, when he I was guess, told the time to do he was things, born. He would just I moved not away do from them. him three and, and a half years ago. At one point, I ago. confronted him he and asked drove him, me away. did you lie about this? He was he so said, mean yes, to I my lied. daughter. and My daughter couldn't get out of the house. She was a prisoner in her own house. End quote. 17-year-old Rebecca Hansen testified that she used to go out with Tom. At that time, she was 13 and Tom 16. They dated for less than a month. Alling asked if Tom had ever made her sneak out of her home, to which she replied, He used to call me, and he used to ask me if I wanted to go out, and I'd say no, I can't go, or something, and then he'd say, Well, if you don't, I'm gonna have to see what happens to you or my mom and dad. In order to substantiate the claims made about Tom's character, Crago asked to read details of previous proceedings against Tom Odell in 1983, and the court agreed. He read transcripts from Tom's testimony during an investigation that alleged he had sex with a minor. In graphic detail, Tom described the sexual act with the girl who was in sixth grade at the time. Alling had also read juvenile criminal charges against Tom Odell, He was adjudicated as delinquent for one count of felony theft, four counts of residential burglary, four counts of misdemeanor theft, and one count of attempt residential burglary. We're asking that the court consider these as part of the evidence offered here at sentencing hearing in aggravation of the offenses that the defendants been found guilty of. After some unsuccessful wrangling by the defense team, the proceedings were entered into evidence. Richard Williams and George Barretts were law enforcement officers who worked at the Jefferson County Jail. They both testified that Tom was a model prisoner. Williams, who gave drug prevention talks in the county, also said, quote, I was asking him about his drug use, and he made the comment that he wished he could help people get off drugs, end quote. The defense called Dickie Dennis, a friend of Tom Odell, who recalled seeing Tom at high school one day and overheard Tom tell another person, quote, that he had another disagreement with his father. It looked like somebody had just hauled off and decked him in the face, end quote. The defense's final witness was Evelyn Eller, Carolyn Odell's mother and Tom's grandmother. have an opinion as to whether or not Tom Odell should receive the death penalty. I'm not for the death penalty. No. Following Eller's single statement to the court, the sentencing arguments began. Prosecutor Alling led with the state's argument for the death penalty. The task for the death penalty is the most serious recommendation any prosecutor can ever make. From the first day these brutal murders were discovered, it was obvious that the death penalty was an appropriate sentence under the laws of Illinois. 
but as responsible prosecutors, we felt that as much information that was available about Tom Odell and his victims should be uncovered and considered before any final decision could be made. It was not until the lengthy trial of this defendant had ended that the decision to seek the death penalty was made by my office. Several factors were especially important in making this determination. The premeditation, the number of victims involved, the relationship of the victims to their murderer, the age of the children that were killed, the brutality inflicted upon the members of the family, and defendants' total lack of remorse at terminating their lives. Defendant's history reveals him as a bully who terrorized a neighborhood, an accomplished liar who preyed on the elderly and the young. He was an individual who engaged in sexual acts with minors. He illegally possessed and sold drugs. He committed residential burglaries, shopliftings, thefts, forgeries, batteries, sale of stolen goods and intimidations. And then when he was too well known in this community to steal himself, he forced his eight-year-old brother to enter a life of crime and do his stealing for him. Tom Odell is not a one-time criminal. His documented lack of self-respect for people and property date back to at least 1981. The vicious murders of his family is foreign to the way of life in any society, not just ours. But our law states that the punishment should fit the crime. We respect the law, and we believe that it dictates that Tom Odell should receive the death penalty. We respectfully request that Tom Odell be sentenced to death. Defense attorney Henson argued that the, quote, state's attorney does not understand the importance of the evidence we have presented at this trial. This case is about a family situation that is very unique, which probably will not be seen in years to come, has not been seen in years past, and I think that our evidence at the trial bore that out, end quote. Henson reiterated the mitigating circumstances of the Tom Odell case, the unusually dysfunctional family dynamic that led to severe emotional problems, the restricted activities in the formative years, the documented history of physical and mental abuse, the failure of DCFS to correct the family's problems or recognize the extent of them, the drug and alcohol abuse, Tom's personality disorder, and the ultimate act of abuse being kicked out of his family home. Time and again, Henson brought up the consequences of being raised by a sadistic mother and a passive father. Alling promptly restated her case. His family life did not give him a license to kill. That message should be stated loud and clear by this court. The mitigating factors of his family life are not sufficient to preclude the imposition of the death sentence. Before sentencing, Judge Garrison allowed Tom Odell to address the court. Your Honor, in response to the state's accusation that I have no remorse, they're dead wrong. I may not be like a normal individual when it comes to feelings, remorse and general stuff like that. I look at it as this way. I'm sorry for what I did, and I feel that I should be punished. But, but sitting around crying, walking around like a zombie is not going to bring them back. I would like to remember them the way they was. The good times. 
the bad times, that's all I have left. They might not have been the best parents in the world, but in some terms, they were good parents. I can just say that I'm going to cherish all the good times and the bad times we all shared together. At 9am the following day, Tom Odell was sentenced to death for the murders of Robert, Carolyn, Sean, Robin, and Scott Odell. Tom was going to death row for eventual execution. When I was given the death penalty, I had no real feeling, which is probably why the judge said I lacked remorse. I knew I was in deep trouble during the penalty phase of the whole thing. They found me death eligible, and I knew it was over. I was sent back to the prosecuting county for sentencing because my lawyers thought the judge there would not send me to death row. But he did. 